In fact, for the decade. The last bench of the decade, huh? And we're here until 7 o'clock. We've lots to cover over the next hour. We're going to have reaction from Sarsfield's win in the Premier 1 Under-21 Hurling Championship today. We're going to be talking uh, to Cork's Dara Fitzgibbon after the uh, launch of the Electric Ireland Fitzgibbon Sigerson and Higher Education Championships earlier on in the week. We're also going to hear from uh, Larry Tompkins a little bit later on as he reflects on his career. We're going to look back on today's action as well and report uh, from the Premier League, including Man United getting beaten and Chelsea on the way to victory against Tottenham. You're listening to the Big Red Bench on Corks Red FM. And Ryan here with you until 7pm the last show before Christmas as well most importantly if you'd like to get in touch with us text us 0868 uh, you can tweet us as well at Big Red Bench is the place to do that Ryan's going to get us up to date on everything that happened today yeah, cheers Rosh we'll start with football and a Christmas miracle for Watford fans <laughs> everywhere <laughs> as Manchester United's costly errors saw them beaten 2-0 by bottom at the, of the table Watford at Vicarage Road yeah Nigel Bidmead was watching this one for us Watford 2 Manchester United 0 Watford's first home win of the season came thanks to two goals in four minutes just after the restart. United goalkeeper David De Gea was at fault for the first. He let Ishmael Sars scuffed volley slip through his hands and United fullback Aaron Wambasaka was culpable for the second. He tripped Saar in the area and Troy Deeney scored from the spot his first goal of the season. Watford 2, Manchester United 0. Yeah, Man United were terrible but that, um, that mistake by David De Gea was one of the worst goalkeeping errors I've seen in quite a long Oh, that was bad. Yeah, that was very bad. It's on our Twitter. If you haven't seen it, uh, you shared it earlier on, Rory. It was a really bad It's mistake. like he's going to catch the ball, takes his eye off it, the ball goes through his hands, hits him in the face, <laughs> square in the face. All it needed was that, you know, that comedy sound effect and a boing, yeah, and it hits yeah. his face, hits the post and goes in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it was like something out of it was like something out of dodgeball or a comedy movie. Or a lot of people, in the face. Yeah, a lot of people saying that David De Gea is past it on Twitter, and, and uh, he's been making more and more mistakes. Uh, his confidence certainly low, but that was one of the worst. Yeah. Worst goalkeeping holders I think I've ever seen. Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Uh, elsewhere, just under 20 minutes left in Tottenham's meeting with Chelsea at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Now, two William goals have given Chelsea a 2-0 lead, but there's drama doesn't stop there, Rory. Yeah, Ian Beach. Tottenham nil, Chelsea 2 and Tottenham have been shown a red card Son Heung-min sent off um, I don't know if you remember David Beckham being sent off in the World Cup in 1998 for England against Argentina it was a similar incident Son Heung-min put down on the floor by an opponent Rudiger he then kicked out flicked out with the studs of his boots at the player standing above him and after a VAR check he was shown a straight red card it's Tottenham nil, Chelsea 2 yeah that's a very good comparison there by Ian Beach uh, was very similar to, to Beckham uh, against Argentina um, I didn't think yeah, look, but letter of the law, I suppose, has to go. But like, yeah, Rudiger's reaction, like he just gone down, like he'd been shot in the stomach, as opposed to just like you know, got a tap of a boot. It's, it's, mm, yeah, yeah. Well, Rudiger definitely made a meal of it, but you do have to say, I suppose, it like when you when you actually see it and how close the ref was, not mm. that that matters, but it definitely there was intent there. You know, like he, you can see, Son did lose his cool and he did kind of lash out a little bit. Like so, I suppose by letter of the law, you're not just not going to get yeah. away with that with that's, VAR anymore. That's his third red card of the season, though, as well. Which, yeah, you don't, you wouldn't think of Son as a particularly dirty player, but that the is his third. Football, re- by all accounts. <laughs> and, but now it's three red cards. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Sure. Look, everyone has a dark side as well. Yeah. <laughs> I elsewhere, just one game in the championship today: Sheffield Wednesday. 
beating Bristol City one goal to nil at home. That's bumping them up to third place for Christmas Day. Uh, Liverpool were crowned world champions for the first time after winning FIFA's Club World Cup in Qatar last night. They did it after we went off air at 7 mm. o'clock yesterday evening because it, t- it went to extra time. They beat Brazilian side Flamengo 1-0 uh, thanks to a strike from Roberto Firmino. Now in Gaelic games, the Premier 1 under 21 hurling championship final uh, took place this afternoon. A late goal for Sarsfields uh, seen them crown champions at Parky Creeve by just a single point. Final score there, Sarsfields 2-17, Middleton 22 points. Meanwhile, the under 21A hurling championship final, that's just gotten underway for Moy and Town going head-to-head. It's also on the 4G pitch in Porky Creeve this evening. We'll keep up to date on that one throughout the show. Yeah, from IGA tweeting us there, there. it's uh, Newcastown leading by two points to one after uh, three minutes. Cheers, Roy. In rugby, Munster moved four, po- four points clear of Connacht at the top of Conference B in the Pro 14 yesterday evening. It was a 19 points to 14 victory at the sports ground. Jack O'Donoghue's 25th minute try, coupled with 14 points, no less, from the boot of JJ Hanrahan, securing a sixth league win of the season for Johan van Grand's side. So Munster in flying form there. In darts, uh, Fallon Sherrocks pulled off an even bigger shock at the PDC World Darts Championship in London last night after making history by becoming the first woman to win a match at the event. She's now knocked out world number 11, Menser Sulevich, in the second round. And Rory, I was saying to you just before yeah. we came on air there, uh, she won the women's title not so long ago and she got £12,000 mm-hmm. for it. And by get by beating uh, uh, Sulevich now and she's got into the last 32, she's after winning £25,000 for it. Twice as much for winning so the last she 64. Could, she, she'd be better off getting to the last 32 of this than winning the women's world title twice. Shows <laughs> the disparity between men and women sports especially in terms of pay that's, that's a yeah. massive massive that's, an, that's an incredible massive. achievement I mean like um, like she was trending on Twitter last night um, creating all the headlines um, and playing some good darts as well so I mean like this is a fantastic story oh it's great yeah it's a really really good story she used to be a hairdresser and she's just her dart is I didn't see her now last night but I saw her first round game and yeah. she was unbelievable and the crowd were right behind her and it was it was really good it was a real fantastic. moment now absolutely elsewhere Michael Van Gerwen continues his defence of the PDC World Darts Championship. He's in third round action against Englishman Ricky Evans at the Ali Pali later this evening. Already today, Stephen Bunting booked his place in the fourth round with all four, with four sets to nil over Johnny Clayton. Uh, in golf, Adam Scott has won the Australian PGA Championship for the second time. The world number 18 shot a final round of 69 to win by two shots on 13 under par. And finally for now, friend of the show, Ross Bullman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never refer to him as anything yeah. else. Friend of the show, Ross Bullman, is in action in the last 64 of the German Masters to Tonight, the All-Native takes on David Grace at 7pm this evening. He defeated world number 14, uh, Barry Hawkins, last night. And a win tonight will see him into the first round proper of the German Masters. That was an incredible result last that's night, wasn't it? That's unbelievable. Them? Yeah, that's great. I'm delighted for him. And I hope he, if he can get past David Grace now today, to get into the German Masters next year would be huge for him. So that'd be great. So best of luck, Ross. Yeah, I'm just seeing Jacob Steinberg as well, um, Guardian reporter on Twitter. He's just tweeted saying, announcement coming over the PA system at New White Hart Lane said there's been racist abuse from the crowd and that the allegation that the racist abuse has been aimed at Chelsea's Antonio Rudiger, which is not what we want to see. No. Um, the game was held up for a while as well because, was it a coffee cup? Was it was a, yeah, it was a, and it was, a full, it was full of something as well, whether it was full of coffee or beer or whatever, I don't know, but there was or some cup. Worse. Or something worse. There was something thrown at Kepa, uh, the Chelsea yeah. goalkeeper, Kepa. Just like. missed them. 
it did just miss him. It was quite the throw. <laughs> you got to hand it to the guy. Obviously, not condoning that. Like it's like it's ridiculous and it shouldn't happen. But uh, just about missed him, and that kind of stopped up the game for about another two or three minutes. It was only a few minutes after Sun had got sent off. So there's actually it's quite the the rowdy game there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been fairly highly charged. All right, but uh, it is Chelsea leading two 0 away to Tottenham. Twelve minutes left on the clock there well as Ryan mentioned today Sarsfields are crowned the Premier 1 under 21 hurling champions after that narrow win over Middleton 217 to 22 points Ray Ryan uh, was speaking uh, to the Assembly media afterwards including our man Andrew Horgan I did think the game was going from us thought Middleton had our number up now today um, just things didn't, didn't seem to go right in, in areas that we, we thought we'd be, we'd be strong in but look well, we just kept asking the lads to keep, keep in there keep fighting Keep winning a point or two, and there's always a chance. The old age old saying it goes in games, you know, we got two two important goals at two important times in the match. I kept us kept us on, kept us in the game, and uh, yeah, we're just delighted just to kind of squeeze out another one point. And look, we, we we were very happy with about 22, 23 minutes of the the first half. We thought we we, we controlled the game, and uh, we were working well, um, you know. But Milton just got a hold of midfield there. Fairness to Sam Crook, midfield Tommy O'Connell really poured into the game. We won nearly every break, every second ball, which is which is the most important thing in hurling, really, to be honest. So uh, look, we just we just we got back in. We we gathered the troops, and we, same as last week against Black Rock, we. Uh, we just said we just got had to knock alone and put in the hard work and that's what we did. Is Ian Healy and once again he's still up the plate there? Yeah, look he's he's a fantastic player like for me like I don't know how he's not on the car panel at the moment. Like he's not the biggest man but he's just so brilliant, he's so brave, so strong in the tackle, so intelligent, super striker the ball, he's got everything. You know, so if you're telling me that there's there's 15 better forwards in the county than him. Yeah, look, it's, it's fantastic. You know, like for the club, we've had a couple of uh, mediocre years, for want of a better word, um, after having such a strong period there for a long time. But look, you know, it's great to get silverware back in the club, and look, these are the future. And uh, the future's great. Des, your brother Pat now will be asking for a bit of uh, coaching voice in the under-20s. I doubt that somehow. I think he knows him a lot more than me. I'm only, I'm only learning from him and picking a little tidbits off him every now and again. So, uh it's just great to have him there, like, and he's helping. He's been helping us out all year. You know, he's a, he's a phenomenal man. And he's got a great hurling brand. So, any little bit that I can learn from him, the better I get. Celebrations be at Plenty Down and Riverstone tonight. Big Christmas match again. I can tell you that from Just finally, so what does it mean to you? We kind of saw that it seemed to be slipping away, maybe at the end. But what does it mean to you personally? To Look, it, it, it's nice. It's my, my first, uh, my first experience of management. So I've been involved with coaching before. My first experience of management. So, um, you know. It hasn't really hit me yet, but uh, it's phenomenal. But I mean, look, it's, it's not about me. It's not about. It's about the players. It's about the club. We're just uh, we're just people who help out. And, and, and look, thankfully we got the win in the end. And just in terms of Liam Healy, it looked like the game was maybe nearly over. You're two points down, and he got the ball and put it in the bottom corner. It's never over when you have players like Daniel Hogan, Liam Healy, Jack O'Connor, and all these backs that are fighting for every ball coming in. The game is never over when you're when you're when you've got players of that caliber. That's Ray Ryan there speaking after uh, beating. Uh, their their opponents today uh, Middleton 217 to 22 points is how it finished with some celebrations uh, down in Sars tonight still Chelsea leading by two goals to nil 81 minutes on the clock there at New White Hart Lane we are going to stick with Gaelic Games the launch of the 2020 Electric Ireland Fitzgibbon Sigerson and Higher Education Championships took place during the week Electric Ireland's first class rivals campaign celebrates unexpected alliances formed by county rivals coming together in pursuit of a common goal to win some of the most coveted titles in GAA UCC in Cork Starfits given was at the launch and spoke to Oshin Langan 
Dara Fitzgibbon of Cork, Charleville and UCC. We're here at the launch of the Electric Ireland Fitzgibbon and Sigerson Cup campaigns for 2020. You're a busy man at the moment. You've uh, got commitments with Cork. You're doing exams and UCC will defend their title this year in the Fitzgibbon Cup. You're getting underway on the weekend of the 11th and 12th of January. It's going to be a big clash with NUIG. How are you feeling about it all? Yeah, I suppose um, the last couple of weeks have been really busy. Um, we were back doing a couple of sessions with Cork, doing a few sessions at UCC and also doing exams. So um, looking forward to getting the Christmas period. And then once the Christmas period is over, um, we'll be back starting with UCC, um, a couple of challenge games and then um, the first one of the Fitzgibbon Cup on 12th of January. So um, it's obviously going to be a really tough challenge. Um, it's a new challenge for us, was really because we're the defending champions so I suppose everyone's going to be out for, for us so we're just looking forward to it. I suppose there's a good relationship between the management team of UCC and the management team of Cork uh, literally their blood relatives um, so that must help the fact that there is an understanding and the fact that you know you won't be overtrained. you'll be fresh for your college you'll be fresh for your club and the balance is right you're not kind of forced to do too much by either Yeah I suppose it's hugely helpful um, I suppose they're really similar in their approach to the game as well Tom and Kieran. Um, but I suppose at this level you'd expect every college uh, manager and inter-county manager to have a balance I suppose for us 21-22 year olds it's probably the most um, busiest time of the year January, February and March with all the games and everything we have to balance so um, look we're just kind of getting ready for the new year again and just looking forward to all the games to start You mentioned there UCC are the defending champions talk to me about last year's campaign it must have meant an awful lot to you and to your teammates to win an Electric Ireland Fitzgibbon Cup Yeah I suppose it was it was a huge um, a huge achievement for us really um, I suppose it was kind of a weird one for me because I was involved for so long with my club Charleville and the All-Ireland run to the All-Ireland final so um, but I suppose we suffered a, um, a disappointing defeat in that but to come straight back in a couple of days later with all the boys in UCC um, and we had a great win over DCU so it was just a great buzz around the place um, from the DCU game up into the final against Mary and that carried over to and we had a great performance in the final and in the celebrations after were incredible and it's a strange time isn't it I mean obviously this campaign is hashtag first class rivals so you're a cork man but you're trying to win a big competition with Tipperary guys and guys from Waterford and guys from Limerick and all over the place um, I think Paddy O'Loughlin is part of your squad from Limerick obviously Mark Kyo who's also here today who is already in action for Tipperary or who has already been in action for Tipperary uh, this season how does that balance work when you're in college you know you're coming up against guys in the summer and in the league and then you're trying to play with them in the college competitions yeah, it's great just being able to play with um, players. I suppose the only opportunity you get to play with players from opposite counties like Limerick and Tip. I suppose I would have lived with Paddy O'Loughlin for two years in college as well. So um, you would have built you great you build great friendships with these guys. Um, I suppose the rivalry is only kept for the 70, sixty or seventy minutes you're playing the game. I suppose you're um, training together with UCC. You're trying to pass your exam with, with all your friends as well. And I suppose you build a friendship from that. And it's just it's incredible to get the opportunity to play with the likes of Mark, the likes of Paddy, the likes of Colin Roach from Waterford all these guys I suppose the only opportunity you have throughout your career to play with these fellas Do you learn from each other? Do you help each other improve? Definitely you see the differences that some of the tip guys or the Limerick guys might have to a few of the Cork guys and I suppose you can bring that into your own game then as well um, and I suppose look we've got a, a hugely um, talented squad we, I think we've nearly over 20 players in inter-county teams from all over Ireland um, and trying to get on the UCC team alone is, is as hard as trying to get on an inter-county team at the moment Would you hope to emulate Mark Joe this season because we saw last year he had a 
really good Fitzgibbon Cup campaign and he kind of took that momentum brought it into the summer with Tip and ended up coming off the bench and scoring a point or two in an All-Ireland final and now he has the, the Celtic cross would you hope to emulate that in 2020? Yeah definitely I suppose you saw the campaign he, he got man in the match in the All-Ireland or in the Fitzgibbon Cup final um, and I suppose he carried that momentum the whole way through um, and I suppose the, all these tip guys they nearly have every All-Ireland medal you can win now between minor 21 and senior and I suppose um, for the likes of me Mark Coleman Robbie O'Flynn Shane Kingston we haven't won any All-Ireland yet so I suppose we kind of look to look towards their example and try and bring that to our game and Kieran is back in I'm not sure did you work under him first time around but um, look obviously I suppose that's good that you know him there's not uncertainty you all kind of know what's what within the squad sometimes when a new manager comes in it takes a betting in period or whatever but that, that won't be the case this time around or isn't the case this time around yeah, I suppose Kieran's back because he has so much faith in us um, and he thinks that we, he can bring the best out in us. Um, I suppose when he was involved in 2016 and 2017, he would have given four or five of us, including myself, our debut and thrown us into the deep end because he had so much faith in us. But I suppose it's a different kind of scenario this time around because um, we kind of a couple of years under our belt and we have to kind of push on now. Um, but as I said, he came back in because he has so much faith in us. Um, and 2019 was a disappointing season, I suppose, the way it ended against Kilkenny and Crow Park. And we're just trying to rectify that this year in 2020 do you think much about what went wrong last year or do you just have to kind of let that go and say right you know what it's a new year it's totally different there's no point in holding on to the past or thinking too much about it oh, of course we have to look at what, what kind of went wrong and try and rectify our mistakes um, and try and to build a better performances in 2020 I suppose our performances in 2019 were were a bit patchy but Munster is so competitive it's kind of an achievement in itself nearly to get out of Munster with the teams you've seen in 2018 Tip didn't even get out of Munster in 2019 now they're All-Ireland champions so um, I suppose we just have to take it um, week by week session by session we start with the Munster League in a couple of weeks and we build it towards the league and then we get ready for championship it's even a nice trip to Dungarvan on uh, December 29th. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, just before I let you go, it's an early start for the Electric Ireland Fitzgibbon Cup. You're away to NUI Galway in the Fitzgibbon Cup. It is a group format, so there is a bit of room for manoeuvre and a slight margin for error, but you don't want to have to rely on that. How tough will that be going to Galway for that first match? Yeah, it'll be hugely tough, I suppose, especially coming in as defending champions. Um, Galway's have a, have a lot of players and development squads and etc. from from Galway. Um, and I suppose, look, um, we got one over them in the quarter final last year, so they're going to be they're going to be ready for us. Um, and I suppose the group stage, we're only in a group of three, so we don't have that uh, margin for ever many other teams we have in the other groups. So we're going to have to be ready for it in the twelfth of January. And that's going to be quite a day, isn't it? Because that's a double header with the Sigerson Cup game between UCC and NUIG. That is straight knockout. Do you think there'll be a bit of a buzz among the GA crowd in the college ahead of that? Yeah, there should be a huge buzz, I suppose. Um, we did the double as well at UCC. We're going to have our awards um, night presenting our medals um, in the next couple of weeks for both teams. So there should be a great buzz heading into 2020 season, I suppose, to defend both titles. Dara Fitzgibbon, thank you very much for joining us here at the Electric Ireland Fitzgibbon and Sigerson Cup launch. And for those who want to follow the campaign on social media, you can do so via hashtag First Class Rivals. Dara, thank you. Thank you. Dara Fitzgibbon there in conversation uh, with Oisín. Right, coming up to, to full time, a couple of minutes left to go of normal time. Uh, Chelsea still leading uh, Tottenham with two goals to the middle at White Hart Lane in that bad tempered Premier League clash. And in the uh, under 21A Hurling Championship final, 16 minutes gone. And down in the 4G pitch in Porky Cree for my leading Nisatam by six points two four. Now you heard Oshin reference uh, to Barry's Mark Yeho, who is uh, Dara's uh, UCC teammate. Oshin also spoke to Mark. 
Well, Mark Kyo of Kilsheelan Kilcash, Tipperary, and of course, UCC. We're here today to launch the 2020 Electric Ireland Fitzgibbon Sigerson and Higher Education Championships. Uh, Electric Ireland's first class rivals platform in 2020 aims to celebrate the unexpected alliances formed when county rivals united by their college come and play together in pursuit of one common goal. People can follow everything that's going on in the uh, higher education championships through the hashtag first class rivals. Mark, what is that like when you're playing in UCC in your case and you're playing with guys you're normally kind of thinking of playing against I'm talking about the likes of Shane Kingston of Cork and even today Dara Fitzgibbon of Cork is here uh, Paddy O'Loughlin from Limerick is in the squad Colin Roach from Waterford in the squad that to name just a few what's it like when you come together with these guys when normally these are guys you're playing against yeah um, do you know um, it, it's kind of different um, kind of every different players different personality and um, do you know sometimes when you're playing against a player and then you meet them in person you know you can have a different perception of, of what they're really like and you know you, you mightn't like someone on the pitch and then and then when you get to know them you might be nearly best friends with them and uh, essentially kind of that's that's what college is about and um, kind of as you said we all kind of get together for the common goal and um, if you don't have that bond in the team I don't think I don't think you're able to reach that common goal so you know it's great and getting to know lads is um, is definitely one of the one of the major things you have to do with it when it's given and you won it last year as you've already said there I did notice when I watched your games and saw them up close that there was a great bond between this team and I know that's a bit of a cliche to say that about a winning team but there genuinely is is that something you work on is that something that just happens how do you get that bond um, there is yeah do you know it's not um, it might necessarily be through training and through games like you know it might be through activities and um, the managers are great for things like that you know down in UCC um, kind of for, for organising activities between ourselves Tom Kingston our manager is great he's been around a, a long time and has won a lot of Skipping Cups and he kind of knows what, it's, what it takes to win one and um, as you said like you, you mightn't you mightn't get much contact with the with the players apart from hurling against them and so when you're hurling with them you definitely need to need to know each other and then um, be able to play for each other definitely and for yourself the Fitzgibbon Cup was great last year I mean you took the momentum of winning a Fitzgibbon Cup with UCC and having an absolutely storming final you took that momentum into the inter-county season with Tipperary and ended up winning in All-Ireland and you came off the bench in the final and, and scored one or two points against Kilkenny so the Fitzgibbon Cup is something that you know really improves hurlers and can, can provide as we say that momentum going into inter-county competition Yeah definitely yeah. it gave me, gave me a lot of confidence and gave me a really like, good platform kind of going into inter-county season and then um, kind of when, when you know you're kind of there thereabouts against county players like like the Fitzgibbon Cup is such a high standard and um, uh, it gave me real confidence going into the season and uh, kind of knowing that I had a lot of work done and um, it kind of just allowed me to drive on in, in terms of um, kind of the confidence of playing inter-county hurling. I heard Jerk Cunningham say over the weekend he was, he was actually doing commentary of uh, your game against Clare uh, for the Irish Examiner he was saying that you have the ability to take players on and run at players. Is that something you like doing? Is that something that you've um, kind of added to your game or has that always been something that, that you've brought? Well, probably not necessarily, but um, it's kind of been kind of taught into me by kind of various managers and um, they see that's the best way to kind of up my game and I, I, I take that on every advice I can. And I remember Ger, like he used to always tell me to take on my man and uh, when I take on my man, kind of things happen. And um, Ger was great, a great coach and... Um, He's giving me great advice. Yeah, of course, he's coaching you at UCC. He's part of Thomas' management uh, panel. Uh, speaking of that game against Clare, I know you lost. I know it's not the most important game in the world, but I know no player likes losing. But one thing that did happen in a very positive sense for Tipperary in that match was your piece of skill in the first half where you kind of 
Actually, I let you describe it because it was it was it was phenomenal, especially at this time of year to do that in the conditions you did it in. I kind of just the ball was kind of at my feet and uh, it was kind of nearly too close to my body to raise it, so I kind of flicked it off my foot up into my hand, and uh, that's not really something I thought about. But it's kind of just the the freedom we're allowed to play with and tip, like and knowing that kind of trying those things that um, it, it won't lead to you know uh, maybe getting taken off if you mess up. Like we're give, we're given that freedom, and. Um, you know, kind of trying those things in training, like I don't want to be messing around, but um, I kind of didn't really think of it last time. Is it something you had done before in a game or even in training? Not, no, not really. No. Only kind of poking around. Like I, d- I don't know why I did it. Really, kind of they're kind of things you don't think about because if, if nearly if you think about it, you'll always mess up. Nearly, like it's just just something that comes naturally. Nearly. And does that go to show that hurling, as much as you can work and train and plan, it's still a very instinctive game and instinct is still a real key part of the game of hurling. Yeah, it definitely is. Like I think you know. Um, once you're allowed to play with freedom and you're allowed to try different things like um that's how that's how you can unlock defences and um that's how teams really are able to put up scores. Like you never you're you're never really able to put up scores like through through kind of like hurling's not a, it's not really a complicated game. Like you can't be told what to do once you go out on the pitch because it can just take life its own and it, there's such such factors to take into account like and you just have to really, really express yourself at the end of the day. Speaking of management and being told what to do, Liam Sheedy is staying on. I'm sure you're delighted with that and that obviously was confirmed some time ago. What was confirmed in more recent days is that Owen Kelly is now kind of a bigger part of the backroom team and Eamon O'Shea, I think, is performance manager. That, that's quite the backroom you have and you seem to be well set up for 2020. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You know, Liam, has, Liam has put all the resources we need kind of once we're willing to put it in. I think the, the backroom team he's put in are they'll give us such um they give us such feedback um, to be able to improve our game. I think that's one of mean uh, Liam's main points was to kinda of get as good as backroom team as possible so that he, he kinda of has the has the backup he needs and you know definitely own own an aim and there they have such insight into into hurling and um kind of the insight especially as a as a forward and a young player, uh, the insights they give us are great, like true experience. And I imagine if you like want a word of advice or just wanted Tweak something in your game. He's a good man to talk to, Owen. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's um, he, he'll never, like he he's straight and he's he's honest. Do you know if um if you need to up your game, he'll tell you. Uh, he's very honest and you know he 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 definitely knows what he's talking about anyway, and we all know that. So um, and when he wants to say something, he will. So and people listen. So it's definitely a good trait. We'll get back to the Fitzgibbon Cup in just a moment, but um, Liam said it the other day that although Tip won the All Ireland they were patchy at times so you want maybe a bit more consistency next year so it's kind of a nice situation whereby you are all Ireland champions but there's still something to aim for and improvements you want to make that's a nice place to be I imagine as a squad going into a new season yeah of course yeah do you know um, maybe that, that's Eamon's role as well as performance director to, to get our best performances as you know there's so, so many games now in the Munster Championship and the All-Ireland is nearly it's nearly a separate competition between each other and um you know, to win a monster championship is tough, and um, you know, maybe last year we were patchy and uh, we felt our performances are flat sometimes, and that's definitely something to work on this year. Let's concentrate on things more immediate. The Electric Ireland Fitzgibbon Cup. It starts for UCC away to NUIG in Dangan on the weekend of the 11th and 12th of January. I forget whether it's the 11th or the 12th, but either way, that is a really tough start. Yeah, it is. Yeah, going away, going away to NUIG. Um, they're a good team, and especially playing any team away in Fitzgibbon is tough. Um, especially you know when we when we were playing at home, at home we really 
we really do try to win the games and uh, can be a real advantage. But you know we're we're going to have to be ready going up there, and especially our first game. If if you're losing your first game, you could be in trouble. So um, that's definitely one we're going to be prepared for. You're in a three-team group, so you really don't have any kind of room to mess up. No, you don't. No, no, and especially three-team group. Like if everyone finishes on points or anything, so you want to be you want to be nearly winning every game to get through. Yeah, and you have a spine of players. Uh, from last year there, there hasn't been too much change in the squad how good is that? Um, it's been good yeah do you know because lads as you said kind of getting to know each other they kind of know each other now and all kind of the second years coming through have been um, you know, they've they've kind of come into the panel and really added uh, definitely there's a few few new lads there who are, who are serious players and um, they've really added a bunch yeah. Listen, Mark, the very best of luck in the Electric Ireland Fitzgibbon Cup 2020. As we say, it's a tough start away to NUIG, but that should be a good game. It's actually a double header with the uh, Electric Ireland Sigerson Cup game between NUIG and uh, UCC, which is straight knockout. So I'm sure there'll be a good buzz around the UCC GA club and the run into that. I'm sure John Granger will be, will be very excited about it, as will you be. Yeah, it's a big, big weekend up in Galway and um, you know, hopefully the Sigerson team can come through as well and we can come through. Listen, the very best of luck and of course if you want to follow it all you can do so uh, via the hashtag First Class Rivals. Mark, best of luck. Right. Cheers, thanks very much. That's Mark Yo, speaking at the launch of the Electric Ireland Fitzgibbon Sigerson and Higher Education Championships uh, taking place uh, during the week. Uh, there was eight minutes of time added on at the new White Hart Lane, Ryan. Still ongoing, actually, uh, but it is Chelsea continuing to lead Tottenham by two goals. Today. We'll have a full time report on that in just a little bit. Um, the stadium announcer had to come on twice to, to, to discuss um, racist um, comments being made. Yeah, and I think um, Rudiger reacted to it as well on the pitch. Yeah, I think he turned to fans at one stage and kind of gestured a bit to them, um, which I think only actually added a bit of fuel to the fire. You know, not that you could blame him for reacting, Mm -hmm. but I think it. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the rowdier games we've seen in a while. I don't think the Tottenham fans took well to losing at home and then losing a player. And obviously, you've got you've got those. You wouldn't even call them fans that are chanting those things at Rudiger's. No place for it. Like, but Rudiger's reaction now is kind of. uh, yeah, kind of put a a, a damp. Well, the whole mm. thing has put a damper on the whole thing, really. Yeah, you know? in fact, there was uh, it was actually three times so the announcement was made about racism in the stadium. But the full time whistle has just gone. Tottenham at Chelsea to get your full time. You, you'd wonder if coming over at Hanoi three times, like surely after the second time when it doesn't stop, you have to kind of accelerate your reaction to it a little bit because I don't know coming on at Hanoi a third time. Yeah. After two times doing nothing, obviously isn't. I suppose going they to have to be seen to be doing something as well. They that? do, That's but the I most think simple and effective. Not maybe not effective, but it's the most simple thing they can do. Yeah, but you'd wonder how many, like how many of them are there? Surely you could just remove them after. You know, I don't know. Anyway, but it's all it's full time now. Anyway, yeah. Chelsea two at Tottenham nil. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, on we'll talk to, uh, to Cork Racing driver Luke Allen after he won the Formula Four Championship last week in Malaysia. The big red bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. You've got to say as well, I guess, that that result just shows you how good a coach Frank Lampard is in the job that he's been doing with Chelsea. I mean, no one expected that, I think. No, not at all. No, no, I was fully, fully expecting Tottenham to to win easily at home today, certainly. Yeah. You know, it's a huge day for Frank Lampard. That's probably, I'd say, one of the biggest days he's had now since he took over. A massive day for him. That That's Chelsea in fourth on Christmas mm. Day, the season he took over, when nobody gave them a shot at getting anywhere near uh, top four. Some people even doubted top six in his first year since he only had that year at Derby County. But yeah, no, it's a brilliant day for him. And if you can't tell, Ryan, the Arsenal fan is quite delighted that Tottenham lost today. 
Oh yeah, well it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Sun's out until the 11th of January. It's great. Uh, uh, it's a great. It's a thank you, Santa. <laughs> right, we're going to talk. Or actually, we'll get that full time report first uh, from Ian Beach. Tottenham nil, Chelsea two on the pitch. A deserved Chelsea win. They played the better football in a game that became increasingly nasty. Tottenham had some Hyungmin sent off for violent conduct, and the match culminated with two announcements over the public address system that racist behaviour in the stands was affecting the game. William scored the two Chelsea goals. The second, a penalty, and Frank Lampard, the Chelsea manager, is celebrating that fact. Tottenham nil, Chelsea two. All right, and the uh, latest uh, from the under 21A hurling championship final half time for my leading news this time nine points to seven down on the 4G pitch in Parky Quay. We're going to talk motor racing next in Cork's Luca Allen, creating history last week by winning the F4 championship in Malaysia and winning by just two points on a hectic final weekend he called into me to discuss his incredible achievement ok we are joined in studio by the F4 champion Luca Allen how does that sound um, very good yeah I think that's the first time I've actually heard <laughs> just um, yeah literally just off the plane now and uh, really happy to be in here talking <laughs> that was my watch going off yeah sorry about that uh, come here um, what a weekend that must have been yeah, oh, I was very well the whole year really was really nerve wracking and um, especially down to the last race I mean it was uh, me and another competitor from Finland Elias who were mm. really neck and neck all season so um, it was a long weekend and uh, yeah so it was just two points at the end so I'm uh, obviously very relieved and very happy How many races was there over the weekend? Was it six? Uh, four races four over the weekend and ten weekends so 40 yeah. races over the over the year And to, to, to win it by just two points shows just how phenomenally close it was I guess Yeah uh, yeah. it just makes you think back of all those just small positions and small moves in each race um, they obviously add up and um, yeah no, I'm delighted there so obviously going into the last race of the weekend you had to win was it? Um, it wasn't actually so well going into the last weekend I knew I needed to beat him mm. but the last race I managed to um, I managed to do quite well in three races before that and uh build up a small gap so in the last race I just need to get a top five Yeah. and uh, so yeah I just came in fifth in the end so that was alright <laughs> just a month, so. yeah. what was that feeling like crossing the line knowing that you're you're now the champion uh, yeah no it's amazing it's just like it's just all the pressure in the world on your shoulders and then all of a sudden within kind of click of the fingers it's just gone and um, yeah and I knew it wouldn't be the best uh, plane journey home <laughs> if I hadn't won that championship so uh, yeah yeah no it was good and uh, was it Elias Seppinen was it you beat into yeah. the second place so yeah. obviously you, you know him quite well I suppose over over the, the course of the 10 meetings yeah um, no I mean uh, I have nothing but respect for him really he's a very good driver uh, kept me on my toes all season and um, you know I'm, I'm thankful that there was someone that good to obviously you want to be racing against the best And uh, so he did, did he make you raise your game essentially yeah I, I think we were all season we were both uh, challenging each other and um, each taking f- steps forward uh, just because we were both pushing each other so much did mm. you get a big massive trophy at the end of it or what's the story the, yeah the prize giving is I'm actually still waiting on the day for the prize giving but um, yeah I'll just go back over for the prize then. giving is it yeah oh, it's going to be pretty cool uh, looking back over the course of the season I mean like we've spoken a couple of times over the course of the year I mean like what kind of stands out what was the highlight obviously winning I know like, but like yeah um, I think yeah there was one weekend in India um, where I won well in my eyes I won four four races but I got um, I got a penalty in one of the races and I what happened to the other one? Oh, and I got a jump what? 
oh yeah no my gearbox failed in the other race oh, so yeah. in, in my head that was like the best weekend I think I've ever had just pace wise and and um, yeah good coming away with two wins regardless but uh, yeah just over the whole season just all the all the wins especially from the back of the grid and the reverse grid races um, mm. they obviously stand out now makes it all worth it I'd imagine because it's been a long year it's been a lot of sacrifices to get you this, to this point yeah yeah definitely I mean um I wanted to do all my family and friends and my sponsors proud, so um, I knew there was no better way in doing that than winning. So um, yeah, no, that was that was definitely a big motivation for me all year and uh, to stay on top of my game. Did you feel pressure going into the final weekend? Kind of, as you say, the, the equipment that your family's made, your sponsors have made, or is that something yeah. you just put on yourself regardless? Um, yeah, I mean, I know my family and sponsors definitely wouldn't want me feeling pressure from them, mm-hmm. but. Um, I think with anyone in a high level sport once they're their family and, and if they have sponsors have committed a, a certain amount to them then they want to do them proud and there obviously is that um, little bit of nervousness and uh, kind of motivation to do them proud yeah. and a nice Christmas present not just few but all, uh, all of them as well I guess <laughs> yeah yeah definitely it's uh really nice uh, to finish off on a high going into Christmas and uh, going into the winter break as well yeah and um, so what are the plans now for next year have you even thought about that I mean like um, yeah no I've, I've I've been talking to a few teams over the last few months actually um, nothing set in stone yet mm. um, obviously hopefully it'll be a bit easier to get sponsors now mm-hmm. going into 2020 after having been champion but um, yeah I mean there's a few offers in America, Europe and Asia, so it's all over the place at the moment and mm. uh, hopefully I'll get over to wherever for a bit of testing in the new year And um, but my plans and so on. So you're going to sit down, is, it, like, is your dad kind of your main kind of like manager? And yeah, well, at the moment I'm kind of just um, contacting the teams kind of through me. Um, obviously mm-hmm. my dad likes to overlook everything mm-hmm. and um, just have a few advisors as well from uh, people that have been through it all mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so I look for tips from all of them as well Yeah cause I can imagine it could be like quite um, intense I suppose and kind of head spinning I suppose very quickly Yeah um, yeah there's a bit of pressure to kind of make the right choice and because uh, once you commit to something you've you've committed for a year mm-hmm. and um a year is kind of a long time in, in when you're coming up in racing so mm. yeah no um, I think well, I'll definitely choose carefully and hopefully make the right choice you've enjoyed the Formula 4 experience though I'd imagine yeah yeah, um, I really have Yeah, the, the cars are great to drive and um, the championship it was a, a great I mean I got so many laps over the year so I think I've really built up as a driver and I think I'm ready now to to kind of face whatever next challenge comes. You must be sick of the sight of airplanes at this point, are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, you're not yeah. jet lagged to bits now no, this morning, like. Yeah, surprisingly, I'm actually fine. I, I so might when, have, did, when did you get in? Um, my flight arrived this morning, at, was it? Yeah, about eight o'clock this morning. And you're here in our studios four hours later. You must be exhausted <laughs> from it all, like. Yeah, I, I could definitely do with not being in an airport or on a plane <laughs> for a while now. Um, but yeah there's not there's not actually that much of a break I think I'm hoping to get back over in January over somewhere maybe America for a bit mm-hmm. of testing and uh, yeah obviously your next move though is going to be a level up yeah yeah definitely so uh, one option is Formula 3 Asia and um, there's another championship in America which is kind of equivalent to Formula 3 it's a USF 2000 it's kind of on the IndyCar package mm-hmm. um, so yeah I mean I want to be racing in whatever the most competitive championship I can be in the most competitive car so it'll mm. definitely yeah it'll definitely be a step up anyway whatever yeah. I do have you, have you kind of got your like your career kind of mapped out in your head and have you got like have you set time limits or kind of goals for yourself over the next couple of years yeah uh, just actually just over the last few months I've been focusing on that a lot because um, I think it's important to have kind of at least a three year plan mm-hmm. 
and um, yeah I have hopefully kind of sponsor a gardening take each year as it comes but um, I have uh, what I'd like to do anyway mapped out and I assume the, the, the vision is just like you know you standing on top of a podium in a Formula 1 track yeah. somewhere I mean the, yeah that's just what dreams are made of really when you especially just when I'm watching Formula 1 races and um, like I'm seeing these young drivers now like Leclerc and Norris and all these guys just doing so well and kind of I followed all them through when they are even in F4 and uh, stuff like that so uh, yeah it definitely gives me goosebumps watching them stand mm. on Leclerc standing on top of the podium and uh, yeah I mean that's that's the dream isn't mm. it <laughs> yeah it certainly is you must be kind of I suppose looking forward to just switching off from racing entirely for a week or two over Christmas yeah yeah um no, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely an obsession. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, uh, yeah, it will be nice to relax and spend some time with the family mm. and friends over the next few weeks. But uh, you'll be getting at your feet, though. I'd say, will you? Kind of yeah, there, get back there's, not, the there's not much time for resting. No, yeah, I'll, 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 I want to get back out in the car mm. in the new year. Excellent, Luke. I'd imagine there's a number of people you'd like to thank over there over the years, sir. Yeah, um, obviously a special mention just to my mum and my dad, uh, just for supporting me. Mm. Um, not just this year, but throughout my career. They couldn't career. do without their full support. I yeah, imagine. definitely. And um, oh yeah, all, all my family, my grandparents my brother's sister um, all my my sponsors um, yeah no, they all know who they are they've just been they've all been amazing and uh, I hope to hope to keep them for 2020 <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone else wants to get involved in sponsoring you because as you say you're a four champion now like you know yeah I mean hopefully that'll give me a bit of a boost um, it's never easy really to get sponsors in I think whatever sporting discipline you're mm-hmm. in but um yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely need sponsors next year, to, especially with the step up and uh, to, to stay in a competitive car and a competitive mm. championship. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to work now with sponsors in the next few weeks. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Luca, congratulations, man. Absolutely delighted for you. Thanks very much, Rory. Nice to speak to you. Yeah, great to talk to Luke Allen there about his achievement. Absolutely fantastic stuff, winning the, the Formula 4 championship. And you just you even hear him mentioning the names of guys who've won it, like, you know, Charles Leclerc is competing in Formula 1 right now. Yeah. A couple of years after winning the Formula oh, 4 championship. Like oh, big things ahead for, for Luca by the sounds of it, from the sounds of him there anyway, definitely. Yeah, Sky is the limit for him. Really nice guy, and I'm uh, looking forward to following his career and uh, seeing how he progresses over the next couple of years. And fingers crossed we're doing a big red bench live from the, uh, the Monaco Grand Prix oh, in a couple imagine. of years' time. Oh, we could work on our tans. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that, yeah. So, Luca, no pressure, buddy. We want it. We want it. Somewhere sunny, Luca. If you're listening, that'd be great. <laughs> All right, um, we're going to uh, talk Gaelic games again, and uh, Dr. Con Murphy um, are uh, retiring as a doctor the uh, the legend has been involved in Cork GA since the 70s but he is going to continue his work with the Cork and UCC GAA teams but um, rather especially um, all our winning Cork captain Tomás Mulcahy sat down uh, with Dr Con uh, for a chat uh, about his career with Cork and it's a lovely lovely piece and uh, I thought we'd play it tonight so this is uh, Tomás Mulcahy the all Ireland winning Cork captain speaking to the legendary Dr Con Murphy 1977 February, 42 years. Incredible journey and an incredible story. Thank you. Um, I suppose when I qualified in college, I wasn't sure what I'd do. Uh, so I was doing different jobs in different hospitals. And 76, I spent a year in Tralee uh, doing medicine. And then uh, by pure accident, I got the gig with the Harfords and footballers. And as far as I was concerned, the only thing I wanted to do then was get back as near a cork as I could. So I came back and uh, there was another 
Scott Rear at the time, Conor O'Connell. Uh, he gave me a job. But my main ambition was to be in Cork, so it could be early teams. Describe to me how you're feeling right now. You're coming to the end of your that 42 year career. Very emotional. Um, I found it very hard saying goodbye. Um, the patient is upset. Um, they understand why I'm retiring. Uh, I was 70 in June. Uh, but you must realise that I've known a lot of them for over 40 years. So it's a big change for them. Known as the best sports doctor in Cork, you've seen many changes over the years. How has the sports diagnosis changed from the 70s to now? Well, it's funny. I mean, a sports injuries doctor was unheard of, really, when I started out. Um, Cork rarely had a doctor. Most teams didn't do doctors. Um, so I got involved, and um, because I was with the Cork teams, I saw quite a lot of sports injuries. But over the years then, when MRI and all these things came in, fellas like me... <laughs> All I was useful for was the mobile phone and the contacts. <laughs> no one wanted to know what I thought the injury it was. Can you get me scanned and can you get me seen by this expert or that expert? So it changed greatly. If I said to you before you go, you can change one thing from a medical point of view in the GAA, what would that be? It would be that we find a way of reducing the training. It's gone too serious altogether. And we're in danger of becoming elitist. Um, that it's only the counties that can do that amount of work and training will survive. Um, th- th- there's no way all the counties can compete with the training some of us are doing. And I'm sure you had to make a couple of pretty tough decisions as well. For match day or ruling somebody out or saying... It's it, that time we used to leave it go to the last minute, uh, and if you remember, I ruled you out of a monster final. You, <laughs> you weren't you weren't too impressed. No, um, ruled JBM out with broken ribs. If you remember, in nineteen eighty-three, probably cost us the match. Yes, nineteen eighty-five, I think. Yeah, yeah. Or in semi-final. Yeah, yeah, against Galway. Against Galway. Um, most of the time, the, it, it's obvious that they're not right. Um, but that is a hard thing to do, to tell if he's not fit to play. The GA was very quick to bring in a backdoor system. But in the surgery in the past, you had your own backdoor. I had, and I lost it in the flood. When, when, when this place flooded, I got rid of it because the backdoor was the pain of my life. Because fellas like Teddy Mack and Tomas Mulcahy wouldn't dream of queuing up outside with, with the patients. They would slip in and, and everyone knew they were sneaking in. And they used to be bored and bad feeling in the waiting room. As you sit in front of me, I'm looking up at a photograph up behind you on the wall. Wishy Murphy. Tell me, you, you mentioned he could have been president of the GA. Tell well, me his background. He was from Bear Island uh, and he was a veterinary surgeon. Uh, he, he was telling me he himself and his brother used to row out from Bear Island, cycled the Bantry, a taxi to Cork, 
train to Crow Park and do the same coming back in order to play for Cork. His father used to light a bonfire so as he'd find his way home to Bear Island. And so I grew up listening to those kind of stories. And I also grew up in the backyard thinking I'd play for Cork. <laughs> I was about 14 when it dawned on me that that wasn't going to happen. I did check Wikipedia before I came in for Dr. Camorphy and I see four football county medals with UCC. <laughs> they were all in the one day. <laughs> uh, we had a we got the county final in 1973 with 18 players if you count me as number 18 I was as a selector the board delegate uh, I collected a box of medals gave them out one for myself and three left over um, <laughs> and so you're the proud holder of four, four senior county football medals in the same day well okay. <laughs> but go back to, go back to Weish I mean I'm looking at the caption and I'm looking at his record as a player and he could have been president of the GA you, 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 you mentioned well I suppose he was chairman of Munster Council I'm, he's only 54 uh, when he dropped it above the Kilkenny Limerick 73 All-Ireland final um, and I suppose he, I would say he had his eye in it definitely yeah, but it didn't work out sadly so when you went to Bear Island you didn't get on the bike and you didn't get the no. cross and you didn't get the bike no. on the way to Cork to go to Crow Park no no, no. no. but no. fond memories fond memories great upbringing uh, brought up in the GA I mean I, what more could you ask for Fantastic. I suppose, Doc, they say all good things have to come to an end. Thanks, it's a sad time for you. Yeah. But I, I started by saying congratulations, and I'm going to finish by saying congratulations. You've been a stalwart, you've been a father figure, and I think I'm speaking on behalf of everybody, the public that came in here, the sporting people that came into your surgery. It's been an incredible journey, and you've been a friend to everybody. So can I say congratulations, and thank you very, very much indeed. Thank you very much, Tomas. That was really, really nice stuff there. As uh, Tomas Mulcahy speaks to the legendary Dr. Khan, who uh, closed his uh, surgery uh, just a couple of days ago, actually retiring at the, uh, the age of 70, but he will be involved um, in both the Cork and UCCGA teams still. But really, really nice stuff. Really That's nice to hear him there. Uh, so touching. What, yeah. what a man, I'd say he has more stories, you know. Like. Yeah, I think you only got like scratching the surface there. I mean, like, it was kind of funny, like, you know, uh, he was saying, should I rule you out of a game? Yeah. And Tomas, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't happy and I was like no nope. <laughs> he's still feeling it like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. in one of a Munster final taking JBM out of a match against Galway in 85 it's <laughs> 30 years later he's still got it in the back Absolutely. of his forehead fantastic <laughs> stuff but uh, yeah really really nice stuff uh, to hear there from uh, Dr. Khan alright just before we go um, Nemo Rangers and Carl Finn going head to head in the uh, Munster or the All-Ireland semi-final uh, just after Christmas we had the Nemo lads in last week yes they were quite excited there was about 40 of them in the studio there was about 40 yeah, myself and Kieran could barely fit in the room. There were so many of them. <laughs> we're going to get us uh, views from their their opponents now. Cara Finn, we're going to hear from uh, Cara Finn's uh, Michael Farrer. Michael, you're preparing for an AIB All Ireland Club semi final now. It's coming around a lot earlier this year in terms of we just got a couple of weeks of preparation. Has that changed things for Cara Finn as opposed to maybe filling the gap to get ready for February as you would have been in the last two years? Uh, yeah, it definitely changes things up a bit. I mean, you're starting back. Uh, that bit earlier um, you, you probably don't really get a break really whatsoever maybe three days over the, the Christmas uh, period but 
whereas usually you get kind of 10 days to two weeks. Um, so yeah, it's different, but um, we look forward to a new challenge. Has that changed the Christmas schedule in the Farrer household then? Uh, no doubt it has, yeah. I mean, you're, you're kind of restricted um, to just be fully focused on, on the coming semi-final, so yeah. I guess, look, this isn't an unusual feeling for you guys getting ready, albeit the change in time of the year, but um, the last three seasons, this has been a kind of a 12-month run for Corrifin each year. Yeah, thankfully, we're blessed at the minute with the, the panel that we have and the, the management structure that we have in place. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're blessed that we're, we're on the road again and, and hopefully we can, we can uh, go another step. When it transpired that you were going to play Nemo Rangers, a repeat of the final of a couple of years ago as well, most people thought mouthwatering semi-final. As a player, does it feel like that as well? A very exciting game. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That does because you know you're playing a, a very established club team um, who has you know held a number of records over the over the years. So uh, I'm sure that, that they'll be they'll be champing at the bit to, to get us in, in the semi-final again after. Uh, the, the, the final two years ago so um, yeah we're looking forward to it You made a bit of history this year in terms of going just the third Galway side ever to win seven in a row I'm sure record is something to think about when you finish your playing career but is it special to have run off that succession of titles over the last decade? Yeah so it's, it's, it's level with Tume Stairs at the minute uh, in Galway um, so yeah to, to, to do that was, was something special I mean we didn't, we didn't really dwell on it too much because we were out uh, the following weekend in the, the Connacht semi-final so um, I suppose there are things that you kind of look back on when you, you finish your, your career. Ultimately, I suppose it's about trying to win another AIB All-Ireland Club Football Championship. And when you are as successful as you've been, and particularly you know, going to Croke Park and Patrick's Day over the last couple of years, do you think when you've got a panel this strong, you've got to try and cash this in for as many medals as you possibly can? Uh, exactly, yeah. And I mean, you're playing with a group of, group of friends, a group of lads that you grew up with um, your entire life. So to, to tag out um, week in, week out with those guys is, is something special. And to... To, to win as much as we're winning, but, you know, it's we haven't really stopped to think about it. We just stay going, and I suppose it's a compliment to the the management um, structure that's in place that they just keep us uh, driven and. and we're getting the rewards, thankfully. That's Michael Farrar there, of course. Finn, who faced Nemo Rangers, of course, in the All-Ireland semi-final. That's pretty much it from us for our final show of uh, the decade. Of the year, of the decade. Um, it's our final show before Christmas. Uh, what's your plan for Christmas, buddy? I am working tomorrow morning. Oh. I'll finish at lunchtime, and then I'm going to go home and see the fam for a week. I'm back in here on New Year's Eve, but I have a nice, I have a nice break. I have a nice. They'll be sick of you after a few days. You'll oh, be will. coming back oh, to I'll, pro- I'll probably be sent back around the 27th I'd imagine <laughs> when they're sick out. but enough. I'm planning on literally doing I'm going to be sat at home wrapped up in blankets eating chocolates and watching movies for about five days straight that so. literally sounds like the dream oh it's going to be amazing yeah yeah um, so yeah what about yourself uh, I've got uh, my two girls um, who are super excited well Cecilia's the eldest she's four she's super excited about seeing Santa so you'll be up at the crack of dawn <laughs> I'm up at the crack of dawn anyway the <laughs> young kids will tell you up at the crack of dawn no matter when it's Christmas or not <laughs> and Isabel's a little bit too young she's only one in a bit so she doesn't uh, understand Christmas um, but um, Cecilia's super excited she keeps reminding me she's on the nice list um, oh, right. and is she uh, yeah yeah she is she is she is Okay, okay uh, so Santa will be coming on Wednesday so really looking forward to that and just really look, just look forward to spending some time with the family and as you said just eating and drinking uh, um, eggnog or whatever it is and exactly. just uh, enjoying the, the, the few home days Home Alone Home hard. Alone we watched Home Alone this morning actually so yeah and we were going to watch Home Alone too but it's not as good as the first Home mm, Alone it's, it's, no. it's a pale imitation but like we'll watch that 
and I think tonight going to watch Die Hard 2 watch Die Hard 1 oh, last nice. week because they're the, yeah. the ultimate Christmas films 100% yeah, yeah. But that's it guys um, thanks very much for listening to us on the Big Red Bench over the year over the last decade over the last 20 years the Big Red Bench has been running on Cork's Red FM we'll be back in the new year um, really really excited about the year ahead it's going to be a big big year uh, so look Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your Christmas. Um, hope you have a very, very nice one. Hope you have a great time. Uh, we'll see you then. Happy New Year. Happy Christmas. Thank you for listening to The Big Red Bench. Stay tuned to Cork's Red FM. And uh, we wish you and yours the very best. Good night. Miss the show? Grab The Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.